0: Your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the photo. Talk about it with your family. do the introduction hi everyone welcome to special presentation with mike and ethan or elf will not be seen tonight we're taking another trip up to france today but not yet france it is gaul for we are revisiting the land of Astérix, which as you may recall is not exactly a newspaper comic but it's a a different form of comics than we're used to. Basically we do everything but superhero comics around here. Yeah. This was the part Asterix used to be in like a comics magazine, I guess mm-hmm. in, in Europe. Uh, which bon is yes. Yeah. I guess it's a thing they do over there. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we have, we have that very briefly. I mean, we have mad magazine and that's about it for a little while. We had Shonen jump, but that didn't last long. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was, remember Cracked? That, that was a thing. Correct. Yeah. And then it became a, a humor website and then it became a a reposting its old art- articles website.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what are
1: you going to do? Uh, yeah. but, uh, Join the, it. Yeah. But now, but Asterix uh, has worked fine. Everyone loves Asterix. So it did well yeah. for itself. It became uh, like a series of its own comics. You could get asterisks, I guess,
0: I guess you call them graphic novels. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if asterix is today still being published primarily as a serial in a bad bon designe or if they if they just go straight to all asterisks all the time. Because people probably wait for the uh, collections for the most yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um,
1: tonight's uh, episode, we're talking about an asterisks that is uh, the first and one of the only Asterix specials that was not actually adapted from a previous uh, Asterix comic. This is an original screenplay.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Um, so we're actually talking about Asterix. Uh, it's a, a film which is sometimes called Asterix Conquers Rome uh, and is sometimes called Asterix's Twelve Tasks, which is probably yes. a better title, I think.
0: Yeah, the Twelve Tasks of Asterisk, which is a homage, of course, to the Twelve Labors of Hercules. Or Heracles. Yes. yes. If you want to be Greek. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> which so I unlike... do, because the Romans are bad guys, remember?
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, now, unlike the uh, the film that we watched last time, Asterisk the Gaul, uh, this was actually um, uh, written by... Um, or, or not actually sorry it was um, the story was written by Renee Goscinny and Albert Uderzo uh,
0: the people yeah who, who, they are the, the the creators of Asterix
1: yes uh, so they actually wrote the story and directed this film themselves uh, so they were very much involved uh, now Asterix the Gaul as we said last time was kind of made without their involvement and they didn't even find out about it until it was completed and they were not happy at all in fact they were so unhappy they managed to get the sequel scrapped um
0: that's weird somebody just went and made a Asterix movie behind their backs
1: yeah i mean i'm sure that i mean i'm sure you know the publisher got money but you know how it is um yeah, you know how it is working in yeah. as a creative um mm-hmm. so this one they were actually involved and um the actual screenplay was uh co-written with by Pierre Ticherno, a friend of theirs who um, is a French cinema and television producer, uh, often known there as Monsieur Cinema. So apparently he <laughs> had some cachet in France. Um, Mr. Cinema. Yes. Mr. Um, movies. So this is a film that apparently it was made by Gazzini and Udorzo's own animation studio, uh, and Am- Studio's Itifix, yes. named after the little dog in, uh, in Asterix. And it is the only Asterix animated film that used the xerography process, which is a dry photocopying technique, originally called electrophotography. So, um, I don't know. um, Animation nerds may find that interesting.
0: I believe that is related to how how 101 Dalmatians was the first Disney movie to actually use the xeroxing process, so they didn't have to draw 101 identical dogs.
1: Oh, well. Okay, that's good. Um, now, uh, when was "I Wonder Why" Dalmatians?
0: When did that come out? Do we know? Uh, I think that was 1970. Uh, I think okay. it was the that I think that was the next Disney movie after uh, a boy named Charlie Brown, the one that broke the Disney barrier.
1: Oh, okay. Um, oh, actually, no. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, actually 1961 is when one oh, that 61. came out.
0: Oh yeah, so that okay. was old.
1: I'm dumb. Um, our asterix film is this one we're watching tonight is from nineteen seventy six. So France oh, took okay. a little while to catch up. Um, apparently, it was kind of a um, uh, it was not particularly popular when it first came out. It uh, really? Had mixed reviews because it was very cartoony and frequently breaks the fourth wall. Uh, yeah, but it,
0: and those are some <laughs> of the best parts, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, that was a little uh, risque. a 1976 movie Um, (laughs) but apparently it has since become one of the most uh beloved of the asterix films and is somewhat of a cult classic so it Mm. is um well remembered um
0: i can see i can see why i I wouldn't call it like you know a you know a must-see but it's definitely a lot better than the previous one i can there i can see why someone might prefer the previous one though as well
1: interesting um now, I, I mentioned in our last episode that I, I was pretty unimpressed with Asterix the Gaul, but I remembered yeah. this one being pretty good. Um, Does it live now, up to
0: your memory?
1: You know what? I'll say this. Um, I saw this for the first la- first and only time when I was about 13 years old, and I mm. watched it. I, I caught it on television in German. So oh. uh, there was a lot that I did not really you – know, <laughs> that, that I didn't catch. You know, uh, My German was at the best – um uh, minimal. So I you know, I, I missed a lot of the uh, the very quick uh, gags in this movie, though I, I of course followed the plot mostly. Um, but uh, so watching it as an adult, I I think it mostly holds up. I I actually still thought it was pretty fun. I didn't I wasn't laughing out loud like I did when I was 13. You know, because a lot of the a lot of the visual gags are like, oh, yeah, they're good for kids, but they don't, you know, they're they're not going to, like, impress me with my jaded adult eyes. But (laughs) in in general, I enjoyed it. I actually thought it was way better than Asterix the Gaul. Um, Yes. Because, you know, this one, the jokes actually uh, because Asterix the Gaul, I think we mentioned the jokes are just like so labored, (laughs) you know,
0: (laughs) the 12 labors of Asterix's jokes.
1: Yeah, they take forever to set up, and then they just fall with a thud. Uh, this one, there's there's not nearly as the jokes feel like they actually do. Um, you know, they have room to breathe. They're set up pretty well. They they kind of, most of them hit pretty well. Um, so I was yeah. Uh, in, in general, I thought this one worked pretty good.
0: Um, how about you? How did you feel it compares to Asterix the Gaul? I definitely feel that this is the superior movie overall, but uh, there are certain. But I can also tell that this was made by like a smaller production company. The animation is generally, I mean, the drawings are prettier, but the animation looks cheaper. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Um, the drawings in this one look a lot more like the comics. You know, there's a lot yes. more. Uh, there's Much a lot more like l-
0: asterisks in the land of the Flintstones on the last. Yes,
1: one. there's a lot more love draw in put into the 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 the, the noses. You know, and the, just oh, yes. the look of the characters. They, But they do seem to move. Well, there, there's a weird thing I noticed when I was watching this, and I'm not sure if this is part of the film or just something with the version that was uploaded because it felt oh. like... Did, Wobbling did you all over
0: the place? Yeah,
1: what's that all about? Is that just... Okay, um,
0: that's something that happens with window mo- mo- Windows Movie Maker. Sometimes somebody will leave on an a option in Windows Movie Maker that smooths the... That tries to find a horizon and keeps some keeps the camera from rocking, and it absolutely has no idea what to do if something is animated. So, an animated thing that's been uploaded with with the motion smoother on or whatever is going to be bouncing all over the place. Oh, okay, so that explains that because I was very confused. <laughs> was yeah, like, that is-, is not that is not something that is related to the uh, to the movie at all. But I I didn't watch that version anyway. I went directly to my favorite pirate station.
1: Oh, smart. I thought maybe it was something that had been done to try and get around like, you know, the uh, the bots that pull things down for copyright infringement. So I think it um, might
0: be. I think that's why they leave it on. Oh, okay.
1: Um, interesting. So, so that I—that's I, the version I watched. But you know, it didn't—it didn't ruin my experience. It was just—it mm. was just I was trying to figure out the whole time if that was something part of the original film or not. So good to know it was not. Um, anyway, so uh, we did discuss the, the the basics of Asterix last time. So should we just get into the film, or is there anything else oh. to say before we do well,
0: that? Well, the the uh, movie presumes that presumes at first that uh, you already know all the characters in Asterix. You don't need to be introduced to them. And then the narrator says, does anybody need, does anyone want to know who these characters are? And a whole bunch of live action hands go up. Yeah. I thought Um, that was a pretty good joke. And everyone on the screen looks really dejected.
1: I thought that was pretty funny. I like that. Um, It is weird. Again, I, I feel like, a weird thing about asterix and i feel like this was also present in asterix the gaul is this kind of assumption like yeah asterix is the most famous guy in the entire world of course you've heard of him which is not an unfair assumption because i don't think he can overstate how big he is in europe you know he's huge
0: (laughs) yeah he is he is to europe what mickey mouse is to well probably europe they still have they still love mickey there too
1: yeah but it's just again it's always weird mickey yeah, it's always weird as an American w- looking at asterisks and just knowing that, like, you know, six of the continents think that this is just, like, the best thing since sliced bread. And um, here in America, we're like, nope. Um, yeah,
0: it's it's the uh, animated equivalent of soccer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we even mentioned that last time. We kind of compared it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so this is uh, – but, but um, yeah, they do that where – they say like, oh, you, you don't need to be introduced. And then they, they do introduce them. Um, and it's funny where they're like, this is Asterix. His adventures have been translated into like a hundred languages. And he just starts saying hi in different languages. Which yeah. um, uh, it, which is funny when he's like, uh, when it's uh, Britain, they have a little British flag show. And he's like, hello. And then an American flag he says hi. Um,
0: yes. And then he does a racist gesture to go, konnichiwa.
1: Yeah, that was a little problematic, you know? Um, I was kind of like, oh,
0: that didn't age well. Um, and then when it comes to French, he goes, cocorico. What does that mean? doo.
1: I was wondering, because he, he does, he crows <laughs> like a rooster, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Which I was like, is that, maybe that means something in France. Because I guess he wouldn't <laughs> just say bonjour, because they'd all be like, yeah, we know what that means.
0: We're French. <laughs> Uh, it felt like a kind of a subtle, subtle joke there that you thought you knew what all of these words mean, but no, they are the sound a rooster makes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, actually, that w- that's a pr- actually that is very funny because then if you're French and you just hear all these these nonsense foreign words and then at the end and French and, you get to, and I just imagine that then all these French people are convinced. Oh, in America, roosters say hi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> roosters are very friendly in America.
1: <laughs> yeah um but uh and then they say like oh yeah his adventures are available in all the best bookshops. shops <laughs> i was like i love that they're just putting in the little oh like come on come on go go and buy some asterisks um but you know gotta make that money um now the the plot of this movie is that um caesar gets sick of these gauls always like kicking his ass so he makes a bet with them And the bet is that if they can perform 12 tasks uh, like Hercules did, it will prove that they are gods and he will surrender Rome to them.
0: And And this is, yeah, he, some, you know, some Roman legionnaire that they just beat the shit out of just comes up with this. Like, how are we going to explain that they beat us again? Uh, I know. Let's say they're gods. (laughs) It works. Wait, it though. seems to be a pretty good answer. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's like well, it's not an un- it's not an unfair thing to think. I mean, they are superhuman. They're basically, and when you think about, it, especially back then, in like you know, two thousand years ago, with um, you know, the Ro- like what it basically is uh, is a god to like the Romans and the and and the pe- early people. It's basically superheroes, right? So yeah, yeah it's a big much. strong dude. Yeah, like all their gods are just strong guys who can like beat the shit out of stuff. So. Um, and, they have
0: an ar- and they have an argument about the difference between gods and demigods, which is pretty funny.
1: Yeah, I did like that whole scene where the Roman Senate is kind of discussing what to do, and Brutus is there just playing with his knife.
0: Yeah, and you immediately know before they even say, say Brutus, stop playing with his, that knife, you'll hurt yourself, that it's Brutus. Yeah, and, I mean... It's... And then the next thing, and then you hear like a twang and an ow, and the next thing time you see Brutus, he's got his thumb all bandaged up and they never draw any attention to it.
1: I mean, see this one, the jokes in this, they're, they're allowed to, to just do their thing, you know,
0: which is, which is nice. Um, Yeah. There's, there's no, uh, ah, look at the joke that I just made. Do you see the joke? Well, let's go, let's move along now. Shall we? I mean, I think that like
1: probably since it was actually written by the actual cartoonists who, you know, knew how to set up a joke in the comic, it it works really well. Um, Mm -hmm. As opposed to, I don't know who wrote Asterix the Gaul, but it wasn't anyone who knew how to do a joke um Mm-mm. so um as, so basically uh caesar comes to the the gaulish village and is all like okay let's make this bet in person and, yeah. yeah in person i mean you know he's um I, I feel like the characterization of caesar in the asterix series is kind of interesting because I was say, yeah you know he is he is a tyrant like he does literally want to kill Asterix. And he's very excited about like, you know, murdering them all in the circus. Uh, but at the same time, he is portrayed as like an honorable man, you know, yes. who, he's, um, you know,
0: he's a villain, but he's an honorable villain and who he does regard the Gauls and Asterix as a worthy opponent. Yeah, yeah. So he is. Um,
1: I, I again, I feel like I feel like the characterization of Caesar in this is very European. You know, like, I don't think you would get this kind of villain in an American animated
0: film like ever. No, I don't know if we you know, have you ever seen an American film where Caesar was the villain? Uh, no, anything, I don't think I, anything else. In fact,
1: uh, the only thing I can think of where I've seen Caesar in a cartoon is a uh, time
0: squad once. Mm.
1: But like, I mean, that's kind of a different animal you know so i'm sure
0: yeah i'm sure uh, peabody and sherman met him at some time yeah but, uh, bill know, and ted probably did nice. too so yeah. <laughs> you know
1: um but yeah i don't re- i can't think of him being in anything else um but uh, i mean he's also not like really ever the main villain he's kind of a he's usually in the background you know uh usually asterix ends up fighting some random like centurion or something um but uh so the 12th so they so um They decide the Gauls decide to send Asterix and Obelix as their representatives to these 12 tasks because Uh they say Asterix is the smartest. Obelix is the strongest.
0: Yes. Asterix. And that is not to say that Obelix is stupid. It's just that Asterix is very clever. And you see that a lot more in this one than you do in others. And yeah. Yeah. And this. okay, This is might be me completely blue skying. But hear me out. I think Asterix might have been the inspiration for the Mentos ads. The Mentos ad? You mean? Yeah, you know, the Mentos ads where somebody has like a small problem and then they pop a Mentos in their mouth and it's like instant lateral thinking booster. And the, so they're like, <laughs> oh, I know, I'll just go right through the car. Or, Oh, I know, uh, I'll pretend to be a mannequin for a second. The Freshmaker. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you,
1: know, you know what? You know, it's true because I feel like... Um, no, it's true because a- Asterix is a uh, is a trickster figure that like yes. and, and you know the uh, the the Europeans are very big on that sort of thing. They love trickster mm-hmm. figures. That's why they have uh, fi- like uh, Loki or Coyote, that famous European that mythology European. figure, <laughs> or uh, a <Anansi. laughs> Yeah, yeah, a uh, I'm trying to think. Uh Misidia,
0: <laughs> yeah. Stingy Jack. Actually, I think that is one. <laughs> big 16 (laughs) um you know now now you're getting our you know now we're going full uh neil game and just naming all the trickster figures we know
1: (laughs) i feel like um there you know do we have a lot of trickster figures in american cartoons uh i know bugs bunny would count as one but absolutely
0: um, yeah well any of those screwball characters bugs bunny daffy duck to an extent screwy squirrel uh woody woodpecker Yogi Bear, uh, f- yeah, yeah, he would count. Uh, yeah, you don't see uh, them as Jerry. much anymore. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Jerry. Ironically, mm. the neither the coyote nor the woodpecker, are, are woodpecker or woodpecker Road Runner are uh, trickster figures. It's it's a little different with him. He's more like a, he's what you would call the coyote is what you would call a mudhead. Oh, what's a mudhead? Uh, you don't see that. That's mudheads are important figures in. Uh, in Southwest, Southwest American Indian uh, communities, the Hopi and Zuni and a number of others have them. What they are is they're sort of like a, a priest class, but they take the form of clowns. And oh, interesting. Mud, yeah, and mudheads get together to perform for children. And usually it involve the it involves like a priest trying to show a mudhead how to do something simple like climb a ladder. And the mudhead does literally everything wrong first before they get it right.
1: Huh. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you're right. The, the, the coyote is kind of like that.
0: Yeah. Huh. If I, you know, if I, if I got mudheads wrong and any, uh, Hopi or Zuni or listening to this, please correct me. I want to hear what, hear what it's really like.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Um, so as, I guess, do we have any mudheads in asterisks? I
0: mean uh in Asterix uh you might say that it's Caesar because he's just going going about conquering them completely the wrong way and finally he accepts that you just can't do it.
1: Yeah. Oh, there you go. When layers. Um so, yeah, so Asterix are trickster figure and Obelix who I don't know what he would represent in, you know, in um, the in the hero's journey. Um
0: I don't yeah, I, Obelix, well because they're always together, he's not like the the uh motley but uh, steadfast companion you meet along the way so yeah I don't know. yeah but asterix and Oblix are kind of kind of a unit for the most part you don't see them split up very often no they're like which is they're why life movie, partners. the last movie was so weird
1: yeah i actually read that that was because that was the very first asterix adventure like it was based on the very first written hmm. asterix comic at which point obelix was not really a um he, he was not yet uh, established as asterix's sidekick he was just kind of a random villager at that point.
0: Interesting. So yeah, the it's, it's surprise. These characters are so defined by this point that it's strange to think that they ever were anything else. Yeah. And Oh, also we should point out that in this one, they all have the correct names. So the, uh, the chief is vital statistics instead of ton of bricks.
1: Yes. Uh, we see, uh, get The, uh, is the druid. Uh, I think the dog is dogmatics in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah everyone and cacophonics they're all they're all everything's right so finally we're we're in we're in uh, you know uh known waters um mm-hmm. but they um so there's 12 so they send uh asterisks with some of the magic potion which interestingly doesn't play a huge part in this
0: no like, it doesn't they use it about three times i'd say and yeah. it's you know, you would think that when you're dependent on this kind of thing, running out of it would be an important uh, plot point, but it doesn't come up. Uh, they they ration it very well, and also there's no point where uh, where Obelix uh, tries to sneak any. So
1: yeah, yeah, um, they do. I think they use it a couple of times, but many of these tasks are not like potion related. They're not tasks. They're not feats of strength. So they don't they don't need it. And and they are forced to use like their wits, Uh, which is good, because if you just watch 12 times, then just beating someone with a magic potion, I I think that get pretty, pretty old pretty fast.
0: No. Yeah. (laughs) And it's and what's funny is that some of the ones that are, in fact, strength based, they don't use the potion for.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, We see them for the first task. They do use the potion. Uh, That is they have to outrun um asbestos who is um i guess they said he was an olympic runner and he is um pre- presumably a roman because his yes. name ends in us so yeah that's that's how also, you know a roman. he has a
0: roman nose which comes oh, into play
1: that's true that's true um and he is he basically like um because asterisk this one actually like I didn't like this one started off the the whole special kind of with a sour taste because Asterix is kind of an asshole at this point. Yeah. You know? Like, he's doing the thing where, like, you know, Asbestos is getting ready to run, and Asterix is just doing that thing, like, so you're a runner, well, that's really interesting, you know, like, oh, and he's just doing that thing where he's, like, and then when they're actually racing, Asterix keeps saying, like, I stopped to get some some mushrooms, and now I stopped to get some flour and he's like, Asterix, you're really just rubbing it in, you're kind of just being yeah. a jerk, um, but that doesn't carry on, like, I don't th- he doesn't do that very much throughout the special, which is, um, which is good, because I remember really just liking Asterix in Asterix the Gaul. Cause I felt mm. like he was kind of a little shit, but in this one he is, <laughs> he, 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 tones it down a little bit. So I didn't, I didn't get, you know, after this initial task, he seems to, you know, uh, he, he, he's kind of, um, you know, he's keeping the, the snark under wraps. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I especially thought about
0: the, Oh yeah, go on, go on.
1: I was going to say, I found it especially galling. Cause he's like, he takes the magic potion, which <laughs> is cheating. And then he's galling. an asshole about it. You know, it's like, come on Asterix. <laughs> Anyway, you were, you were going to say,
0: yeah, I want to say, I really like the design of this runner guy. He is just all bandy arms and legs. He's (laughs) yeah. He really, uh, have you seen, uh, the triplets of Belleville? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. He really looks like champion, doesn't he? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, that's
1: that's (laughs) also another French movie. So, you know, yes.
0: I um, love The Triplets of Belleville. If anyone out there hasn't watched The Triplets of Belleville, go see The Triplets of Belleville.
1: God, uh, that is a that is a amazing film. I remember watching that in the theater, too, because I'm old. Yeah,
0: blew my mind. And then I was just so disappointed when a friend that I recommended it to said, oh, yeah, I walked out. I was like, you really? walked Why? out? Why did you walk out? Because of the scene at the very beginning where we see a caricature of Josephine Baker. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. That, um that's a little unfortunate but um it, it was a different time it was the yes. year 2000
0: <laughs> and if you don't know who josephine baker is too that's another thing yeah yeah it, it might um, just come across as a kind of uh, unfortunate character design but it actually did look like her so yeah
1: <laughs> i mean um i remember uh it's funny because I uh, that they have that like that very catchy song and then you're like okay where's the next song oh there's no more oh okay um but, you know, it's uh, anyway, but we were speaking of, uh, of asterisks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he basically like, he beats this guy. He actually doesn't beat asbestos. It's asbestos. I think doesn't look where he's going because he gets so yeah. agitated and runs into a tree and gets knocked out.
0: This is after he literally transforms into an ICBM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some, there's some nice visual gags in this film, you know? Yeah. and um, the, the, the nose cone turns back into his head so he can look behind him and that's when he bashes face first into an apple tree yeah and then
1: like you know Asterix spring like leads him to the end and you see yes. his, his nose is all swollen from the you know the the hit and oblix is like oh his impro- profile's improved
0: <laughs> yes because now he looks like a gall
1: yeah um And so that's the first task. These tasks are pretty quick. They go by pretty fast. They go
0: by fast. They're nice. They're nice gags. This is a this is not your typical uh, hero's journey thing where, you know, you have uh, the first act, the second act and the third act. You really do just go through the 12 tasks, but you're never bored. It's always something good happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, this is it's one of those films where they're like, look, kids, kids want to be entertained. Let's just entertain them. You know, yeah. it, rem- it reminds me, I think, um, you know, uh, there's a movie called animal Olympics or animal Olympics,
0: animal Olympics. Yes. You said that was your favorite movie as a kid.
1: I loved it as a kid so much. And it's literally just animals doing sports. There's no plot. It's just, it's just s- things jumping around on the screen for children. <laughs> but, um, every review I've ever read of it by an adult is like, Oh, I don't get it. Where, who's, what's the plot? Who are the bad guys? Kids won't Kids like, this. like this. And it's like, do you? it's like excuse me children just like seeing movement on the screen <laughs> you know you can't uh, otherwise you can't predict what children will or will not like because children are insane but this is this strikes me as like i can see why uh, reaction was mixed i bet a lot of adults were like oh what why is he turning into a rocket why is why is there no plot what is the hero's journey but like i kids would would eat this up because it's like there's yep. always something interesting going on um
0: it's like space jam come on i mean yeah yeah
1: exactly um he now the like second, shopkins psh, they love them
0: um i don't know so our, I, I, <laughs> did i tell you that one time when i was working at the grocery store a little girl came up to me and said do you have shopkins and I hadn't heard of them before. So I was like, do we have shotguns? <laughs> <laughs> Did he send her to the shotguns? No, no, no. no. We, don't, we didn't sell shotguns, but no. <laughs> uh, was, too like, bad. She had to say it again. It's like, oh, shotguns. Oh, the toys. No, we don't have those. Go across the street to Target for that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, too bad. Yeah. Lost the sale.
0: <laughs> we couldn't sell her anything. No. I could draw... I could draw a smiling face on a carton of milk and sell it to her, but it wouldn't be a shopkin.
1: No, 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 it's not the same. Mm -hmm. Um, so what is our second task? I think it is, our second uh,
0: task is the spear throwing.
1: Oh, that's right. So this is, uh, Xerxes, the Persian, I think is what they call him. Right.
0: Yes. And this is a pretty quick, but uh, good sequence where Xerxes winds up and hurls a javelin all the way across the ocean. And it, uh, lands in the middle of a native community and they're like, ah, a sign of war. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, obelisks does the same.
1: Like he also throws a spear.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, or javelin, and, sorry. Yeah. He doesn't even take, well, I mean, he doesn't have to take the potion. He's just like, Oh, I'll do it. And, uh, and Asterix is like, all right, but make sure you fl- throw it straight. And he throws it so straight that it passes entirely through the uh, the Indian village, who are now uh, who are now uh, beating the crap out of each other. And uh, it goes all the way around the world and chases Xerxes the Persian. And he's yeah. fleeing from the spear so fast that all of the Indians stop their fighting to wonder what this Persian guy is doing, running through their village. It's pretty impressive that he was able to run across the uh, Atlantic Ocean. Also, this guy has just one big muscular arm. So... Yeah,
1: I, I thought that was kind of funny. That was a pretty yeah, good
0: like, little uh, oh. visual. Oh, what do you do when you're not using your spear, Xerxes?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's got the uh, the the massive like um, spear arm. His other arm is just normal, you know.
0: Yeah, L- like, like that a... guy in Lady in the Water. I was gonna say Lady in the Water. <laughs> Oh, that's a movie that's uh, you know not as good as I remembered, but still better than anyone said. I mean, it it pe- yeah, people did not like it. <laughs> also, I like how one of the Indians is pretty clearly Little Abner. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> so. Yeah, you have all of these, you know, kind of stereotypical-looking guys with the uh, kind of beaky noses that we associate with uh, stereotypical Indian faces for some reason. And then this was one guy who's just all, you know, small nose, big chin, shaped like the tick. Oh, that's funny.
1: (laughs) Ah, interesting. Um, I I know according to uh, the Wikipedia article about this uh, this movie, Mm -hmm. um. The scene with a fight in the Native American village during the second task features a cameo by Umpapa, which is a character created by Gazzini and Udurzo for a separate comic series.
0: Oh, maybe that's who that is. Maybe it's not uh, Little Abner. He does uh, look very different from the design of the, the other ones.
1: Uh, let me see. I, I'm not sure what this guy is supposed to look like. Um, so, core, apparently Umpapa. Ooh. Uh, I'm, <laughs> uh, Umpapa, the racial slur. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is a comic series created by blah blah. Um, it appears that he is a Native American of the Flatfoot tribe, uh, and his friend hmm. is a French officer, Hubert Brussels Sprouts.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that's definitely him. That's the that's the guy who made the cameo. Oh, okay, that's the, the big uh,
1: V shaped guy. Oh, okay. So is it Umpa or is it Brussels
0: Sprouts? It's Umpapa.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, that that explains. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. So he is in uh he says yeah it makes a cameo in asterisk 12 tasks although this story is set in pre-columbian america Mm -hmm. oh that's a good point because if he is there with a french soldier Umpa should not be alive yet yeah yeah it
0: must be an an ancestor of his
1: yeah um but anyway so that is the second task um and i think the third one is the wrestler isn't it
0: yeah the wrestling match this is interesting we have a a uh, very stereotypical-looking German guy in a uh, in a Hagar the Horrible uh, hat coming out, but he's also wearing a karate gi.
1: Yes, and I think they call him, I don't know what, uh, Cyl- Cylindric, the German, I think is yeah, his Cylindrix,
0: name? Yeah, Cylindrix, the German, yeah. Yeah. Cylindricus. Uh, yes. He's just, just a little short guy, no bigger than uh, Asterix, and uh, Obelix is like, okay, I'll take him on, and so he... So, as you can probably guess from the karate gi, uh, Cylindricus has mastered that uniquely Western interpretation of karate, where you just grab someone by one arm and sling them around all over the place, like yeah. jiu-jitsu. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, now, Asterix kind of figured out something was was some trick here, because he was like, there's got to be some trick, and also he's wearing very strange clothes. Um, and uh, Cylindric they, says that he learned this in his travels, but... Um, it actually, I was, I was wondering when I was seeing this I was like, okay, it makes sense that, you know, we're, we're assuming these are all guys who are within the, the, the bounds of the Roman empire, right? Yeah. How far East did the Roman empire go to, to, would it be as
0: wouldn't, wouldn't have well, let's gone. Let's see. He, well, they probably made some kind of, I mean, let's see if he's doing jujitsu, that means he went to Japan, but I, but I think the country was closed at the time, or at least that's what I thought learned from uh, that 12 uh, minute video about the history of Japan.
1: Oh, OK, I mean, I don't Open think the, the Roman Empire Make went that enclosed. far. And i mean looking at this photograph. It looks like it kind of went into the the, the Middle East. So probably Persia would be as far east as it went. So, OK, yeah. so, I mean, it makes sense that I guess they would not have an actual uh, Japanese person in, in this role and just be like, uh, oh, just have a, you know kind of dodged a dodge the bullet who, there though yeah for, probably for the best you know um, i don't think they they might not have portrayed a japanese uh a person in this film with the you know the um the 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 sensitivity that would be um you know uh hoped for at least today um but instead so cylindric he totally uh kicks obelix's ass um and uh asterix figures out that he needs to use some uh um, some smarts to beat this guy. Um, now presumably he doesn't use the magic potion when because when he sees that Asterix can't like beat oh sorry Oblix can't beat this guy and Oblix is permanently strong from potion maybe he was like oh I, I gotta use something else. I gotta figure out another way to beat this guy. Uh, so what he does is he's like he asks uh, cylindricus to basically be like oh that's really interesting. Uh, can you show me how you do it? And Slendric just obliges and uh, lets basically ha, let instructs Asterix on exactly how to defeat him.
0: Yes, he's a very, you know, a very friendly little guy, very, uh, very personable, and he's like, "Yeah, no, let me let me demonstrate." And he's clearly having a lot of fun de- showing showing his new friend how to use these techniques. And yeah. he ends up yeah. he ends up completely immobilized, and he's like, "Oh, you defeated me."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, so, so this is the first one where we've seen, uh, our heroes use some, uh, guile to, uh, to, to defeat a task. Um, the first two, they were just using their, you know, their super strength. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, we didn't, did we mention the little guy who's following them?
1: Oh, we didn't. So what's his name? Uh, Caligula. No, what is his name?
0: No, not Caligula Minus, but it reminds me a lot of him. It's a very, you know, sad, sexy little guy. Like, oh, you did that one. Now on to the next one.
1: Very very droopy dog. Uh, yes, I, I can't read to Wikipedia's name is Caius Tidless. Caius Tidless. Okay. Which I don't uh, know if that's a joke. I don't know what that means.
0: Uh, and some and he must have done the French equivalent of walk this way because uh, Obelix imitates his walk as they go. Yeah, that's right. I noticed that he didn't use that in the English version for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, But,
1: uh, so, so this is, let's see, that is number three, right? That was number three, okay. So I think four is, was this the, the hypnotist? Four is the island. Oh, they went to the island before the hypnotist. That's weird. I feel like that's the wrong order, but, um, so they go to the island of pleasure
0: and yes first uh, they have to row across this this lake that that, and uh, asterisk was like i didn't know there was a lake here and the little guy's like well there is (laughs) like (laughs) dumbass. so there's a light there's a very nice little boat that they're rowing across and then they hear beautiful singing voices they're like wow that sounds a whole lot better than cacophonics and of course it's like sirens or or mermaids or something
1: yeah it's uh so they go to this island with i think the the priestesses of i don't know if they actually the say what of pleasure
0: yeah yeah and yeah and they all they all look relatively the same i i kept thinking like you know they look like they're supposed to be some kind of kind of uh stereotype but i don't know what of it mm. looks like a cruel caricature of a race that doesn't exist yeah i can kind of see
1: that it's 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 one of those things where you're like, Oh, I, I get it. There's there. They, uh, uh, it was when a person who's, whose uh, forte is like very like goofy, exaggerated caricatures. is like, I got to draw a hot woman now. You know,
0: <laughs> how do I do that? That's your solution. Put a hot chick on the cover of your science paper. <laughs> not my solution. It's history solution. <laughs> oh, that's right, Bob. <laughs> so yeah, this this Island is, it's, it makes me, it reminds me a lot of the, um, the Eloy from the time machine. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's got that vibe. Um,
1: I, I'm not sure now they are priestesses of pleasure. Are they supposed to be, are they supposed to be like gods or spirits or something or like
0: sirens? Yeah, I was wondering that myself because, okay, these priestesses of pleasure are part of the, uh, of the 12 tasks. But everywhere outside of the Gallic village is under Roman employ. Does this mean these are Romans? I mean, they're kind of dressed like Romans, you know, yeah, they have columns and stuff. So, yeah. Um, so so it seems something that. Something that Caesar must have had built for himself.
1: Yeah. Um, now, the implication is that they're kind of like sirens because people can't escape them, I guess, because they're so incredibly hot. Um, yeah. And they do mention that they have nectar and ambrosia, you know, the food of the gods. So, uh, so presumably there is something kind of supernatural going on here. Um, Because we've mentioned before that, like, one of the interesting things about Asterix is how little supernatural stuff happens in it. Um, Yeah, there, there is some more of it in this this one one.
0: than, than the last one.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's more of it in this one, but somehow it never makes it feel like a fantasy. Like, it's just. You know what I mean? I don't know why it just watching yeah. it. Uh, I kind of just accepted the small uh, things as, as part of our world, even though they very clearly aren't. Um, but, I think it has uh, something
0: to do with how they break the fourth wall. you know, you oh, see, you know, when you see the gods, that's like, I don't know, breaking the ceiling, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so they go to the, the, par- the pleasure island or island of pleasure yeah. And yeah, you see what they did member. there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they, they kind of have a yeah, musical. I was wondering if asterisks and Obelix were going to turn into donkeys.
1: Well, you know, no, that would, that would fit, you know, like Circe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, there's, they've got all kinds of, uh, all kinds of delights here. Birds and animals that naturally play music and there's fountains of wine and uh, all these women who are dedicated to uh, getting you lost in pleasure forever, but for Olix, that means eating roast boar, and that's the one animal they don't have on this island.
1: Yeah, I actually thought this was really funny. Where like he gets all he gets all huffy, and, and as soon as he gets huffy, all these uh, these priestesses are just like, oh, "Fuck off! Get off here! We don't want you here." And, 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 that really amused me that, like, yeah. they don't try, you know, like, they don't try and, like, stop them and be like, no, you have to stay. They're like, no, get out of here.
0: <laughs> they're just so offended. It's like no one has ever done this before.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I also like when, when they're like, you have all, we offer you, get off, you all these pleasures and you want food. And Obelix is like, yeah, eating is a great pleasure to me. It's like, yeah.
0: Not wrong. Yeah. Shoot.
1: I I feel like it's like, if you're on the Island of Pleasure, it is a tremendous oversight that they're like, that they're like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we don't have any food here. It's like, what the, what?
0: Um, I mean, other than that, drink wine and presumably screw when the camera gets turned off.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. All very fine things to do, but you know, man doesn't live by screwing in wine alone. You know, also want wild boar. Uh, Yeah, Ethan, have you ever had wild boar?
0: I mean, I've had pig. <laughs> I don't know if I've had wild boar, but, uh, you know, you would have to hunt it, wouldn't you? So, I um, mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, unless, um, I don't know. I if, imagine there... it tastes gamey, but that's probably what he likes about it.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder if you can buy, you could probably buy boar, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You, if you can get moose and stuff in uh, Canadian, uh, specialty shops, I'm sure you can get boar.
1: Yeah. Huh, okay. Well apparently yeah, I'm looking at like uh yeah, okay, you can buy it over the internet. So if you want to buy okay. wild boar. Um, oh okay, we'll
0: do that next time. And you know, we had the Dilbert ice cream last time. This time we'll have Wild Boar.
1: I wonder if uh the Dilbert ice cream is really good. We'll see if uh we'll see if Wild Boar I mean we'll have to like I suppose probably like prepare it like a pork cutlet. I don't think we can have like the the full wild boar on a spit the way Obelix does it, but you <laughs> no. know. But anyway, so they leave the Island of Pleasure. And now I think, is this the hypnotist? This is,
0: this is. Yes, the hypnotist comes next. This is number five, right? Also the fact that, also I want to say that the fact that Asterix and Obelix were so easily able to leave the Island of Pleasure, you know, further points to the idea that these two were boyfriends.
1: Oh, yeah, very good Um, points. Well, good for them. I mean,
0: I think they, I think these girls hit on the other side hit them just right on the other side of their Kinsey scale for a little while there.
1: (laughs) I mean, why not? You know, (laughs) and they're having a good time with the dancing. Damn right. Um, So now I think we get to the great uh, Egyptian hypnotist.
0: uh, Yes. Who runs his like a practice. Like he's a hypnotist that you go to, you know, if you want to be an animal. (laughs)
1: yeah i mean i thought this was kind of funny because they don't call him a hypnotist they call him a magician but like he's doing hypnosis um but yeah he runs it like it's it's like a dentist because they go in and like there are people waiting in the waiting room
0: you know (laughs) magazines yeah yeah
1: so um and yeah he hypnotizes one guy to be a bird and one guy to be a cat and then um and then like asterix goes yeah the guy who's a
0: bird literally flies out the door and Asterix is like, did you see that? And Oblux is like, yeah, he's flying low. We're going to have rain.
1: <laughs> I mean, I thought that was pretty clever. I mean, yeah. it was
0: pretty fun. There's like a lot of funny little bits like
1: that. Um, but yeah, so he tries to hypnotize Asterix. And um, I can say this. As someone um, who has uh, dabbled a bit in hypnosis, uh, this you? is very a little bit. Yeah, I've actually, I've been hypnotized. Um, hmm. And uh, so I can tell you, uh, this is actually very accurate, because the the whole point of hypnosis and how it works is you you have to want to be hypnotized. You know, like yeah, it, like like it's not real; it doesn't work. But like you you can convince yourself that it does, and then it can then it will work. You know, like yeah, um, you know, like I mean, you probably know with stage hypnosis. That's the whole way it works, right? Yes where people are like, oh, no, I really want, I, I can't disappoint, I've got to go along with it, you know um, and, you know because I've done it as as well, like been hypnotized, but I was also extremely high at the time, which helps you know, <laughs> yes. but, but my point is, Asterix basically thwarts this guy by just not playing along, <laughs> and that that that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly how you would not be hypnotized, just be like, because when this guy's are saying like you know, uses, he's got like shine, light shining out of his eyes and he's trying yeah, to hit and, his asterisk. And, asterisk and asterisk is
0: just fascinated by the eyes. is like, that must be really great for reading in bed.
1: Yeah. And this guy just you starts getting really that? annoyed.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Also you know, he has he, an
0: oil lamp on his, on his hairband. What's up with that? Oh, I mean, I guess it helped. I guess it, help, I guess it I guess it's something to look at. Oh, it's the equivalent of a doctor's mirror. Okay.
1: Oh! I was thinking it was like a spinning bow tie or something, you know? Like, (laughs) I get it. The little... Is that what those are for on the doctor hats? The little mirrors?
0: Yeah, the little mirrors. Yeah, it's to reflect light onto whatever the doctor's looking at. I did not know that's what those were for. Yeah, it's one of those things that you just think of as like a cartoon signifier that this is a doctor, but, you know... Like I, I think I said before on this podcast that, uh, until I was like 30, I had no idea that the purpose of, uh, mannequins was to model the clothes that they were selling. What did you think they were for? I thought they were just like a symbol of a fashion store, like a barber pole.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're supposed you're supposed to be like, oh yeah, that's, that's the right, uh, that's the clothes I want. <laughs> Uh, so asterix uh, basically uh, just keeps being annoying until this guy accidentally hypnotizes himself into being a wild boar.
0: I don't think it's that accidental, but yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has um, to want it after all.
1: Oh, that's true. Oh, that's true. This guy is just a secret furry the whole time. He was like, God, I wish, <laughs> I
0: wish, I, I wish I were I wish a boar. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this
1: is my persona.
0: Yes, yes, it's working. I will bore uh, Oh it's not curly.
1: Mm. <laughs> so uh, so this is so that was uh, number what five I think?
0: Yeah, that was the that was the fifth one. Now the sixth one is the restaurant and this is this is a pretty obvious gag, but it works out really well. Yeah, this
1: is um, apparently uh, the Belgian cook, mannequin picks manakin picks? i don't Man-a-ken-pix. know if there's huh. I, don't, oh, I don't know i don't know if there's a joke in that um i don't think but, so but uh maybe the belgians are known for cooking i don't know but like yeah so apparently he is what the the chef of the titans or something they call him and yes and he, he
0: produces enormous meals that no man has ever finished and of course Obelix is like hey it's lunchtime i'll take this one yeah
1: and so he brings out like, you know, platter after platter of, of, uh, stuff. Uh, like I think yes. that was a camel, an a, ox. Yes.
0: A, a, yeah. A roast camel, a roast ox, a giant, an eight dozen egg omelet, uh, 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 oh, a cow, a bull and two veal. Cause you don't want to break up the family. Oh yeah. And a mountain of ca- caviar and then one slice of toast to go with it <laughs> and a, and a whole roast elephant. And, uh, and of course, of course, Oblix empties this guy's whole, uh, whole kitchen and the chef runs out in despair and Oblix is like, Hey, what's what's going on? Isn't there anything after the appetizers?
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, I kind of saw that coming, but it's still, it's still funny. It's still good. Um, and, um, yes. The (sighs) sumptuous Belgian feast. Oh yes. (laughs) So that's number six. And then, um, let's see, I guess uh, seven is a really good one. I thought this was, I think this is the cave of the beast, right?
0: Yeah. The cave of the beast is really exciting. Cause, and it was happening just as I was like, you know, Hercules has been a lot more monsters by this point.
1: Yeah. I think the fact they did want to keep it relatively like, you know, um, grounded in our world. So they were like, they didn't, they didn't go full out with the monsters, but they, they gave themselves a little bit of uh, leeway with this one. Uh, so there's, they have to go into this cave, the cave of the beast and confront the beast. And, um, you know, they, Asterix is like, well, what does it look like? It's like, no one knows. Cause no one's ever come out again. And it's this, this big kind of like cave that looks like a, like a monster's maw. And there's like wind howling out of it.
0: And, um, yeah, I don't. And if this weren't nineteen seventy six, I would have been like, "They're selling this playset, aren't they?"
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's this. One, this one's good because um, they
0: go in We're and He-Man. this is,
1: yeah, it really does look like Snake Mountain or something, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it looks like Castle Grayskull.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they they go in and um, this is a long sequence, you know, because you see them kind of like trudging through um, you know, all these caves, all these caverns, and.
0: <laughs> Um, you get a lot of that thing where it's all black except for their eyes.
1: Yes. And I think sometimes it looks like they do. It looks like they're doing that thing where they just put a bunch of paint between two pieces of glass and kind of smudge it around, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, this is a little more, uh, you know, a little more stylistic than the rest of the movie. And I think it works well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's
1: actually, it's very, I think what works about it is, I mean, it's played relatively straight. Like they do have a few gags in there. Like, when they first go in a skeleton asks them like, Oh, how many like two? And it just gives them some tickets. Um, (laughs) But, but I mean, it's, it's pretty like played pretty straight. And it's like, they're going into this very spooky cave, you know? And then, um, and then they, they keep going deeper. And then you, you hear them like you hear a noise and they're like, it's the beast. And then it just cuts to them. Like, Coming up out of a uh, like a Roman aqueduct or something, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know they they see Caius Titulus, and uh, he's like, "I have to ask, what was a beast like?" And they're like, "And obviously, like very tasty." <laughs> so um, also no, for
0: like one second they were in a subway.
1: Oh, that's right! I forgot about that. And they're just like, "What is that?" Um, <laughs> so I mean, I they, there's What's some there's there's some like good jokes in it but i mean in in general like the whole thing is kind of like you know they they do a good job of building the tension and then they just like you never see the beast they just cut away from that you know which is also kind of smart because it's like again i think trying to keep it relatively grounded in reality so it's like what could the beast be oh it could be anything right it might not even be a mythical monster it might just be i don't know a big bear or something who knows yeah um But it was um, something
0: that Obelix could eat. So, and that was good enough for him.
1: I I do like that where we don't even get to see it. They just cut completely like to the, to the, the punchline. So, um, I thought that was one of the best like gags in the whole movie. See this movie, like the jokes, like they, they have the setup, they have enough setup to make the joke work. Not like Asterix the Gaul, you know, (laughs) where's
0: the opposite.
1: Um,
0: I, I was kind of hoping that they would surprise you with, that they would surprise you with a monster whose design was completely different from anything else in the movie but I guess I was thinking of uh Monty Python or the Holy Grail there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that could have worked too. Um but uh that was but yeah, they this one was uh this is kind of a funny one but I think the next sequence is probably the best sequence of the whole film to
0: be honest. Yeah, it's it's very uh yeah, this one goes on for a long time, and I feel like this is a place where kids would be kind of like, "Come on," but yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think adults will appreciate this a lot more. <laughs> um, yes. This is where they they um, they have to go into the the house that sends you mad, or this place yes, that that's sends that's you mad. That's officially
0: called, yes. And yeah. as they and they're and they're in this town where everyone is cuckoo off their heads they're uh, running around chasing each other like chickens with axes and uh, and one of them is going around wearing a funnel on his head and tooting a little cornet which i guess that's like french uh, shorthand for i'm crazy to be wearing a funnel
1: i think so because in like in america the shorthand is wearing a napoleon hat but in france yeah. they'd be like well that's a normal thing to do because we're yeah. france french we all do well, that we do so they would guy get
0: wearing it. a uh, Paper Napoleon hat with his hand in his toga.
1: Oh, do they? Oh, I missed that. Okay, yeah. never mind. Disregard. Apparently, I am incorrect <laughs> on French stereotypes of madness. Um, but uh, yeah, so they have to go into um, the house that sent the place that sends you mad and uh, obtain what is it like uh, a special permit? I think is what yes, they say. Permit
0: eight thirty eight.
1: Right, and um, basically, this is kind of like uh, it's it's basically like Brazil. You know, because you're yeah. trying to get a, a permit, and and they just keep getting the runaround from the the bureaucracy of this uh, uh, this place, um, which I guess is some sort of presumably some sort of Roman uh, administrative thing, since they are trying to get a permit. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I have no idea what the actual permit they're trying to get is, apart from that, it's the permit that enables you to uh, pass this uh, challenge. But yeah, <laughs> this is asterisk asterix taking on bureaucracy and it almost defeats him
1: yeah this is the this is where they come the closest to failing because i think obelix because they basically everyone's like uh you need the you need to fill out the blue form to get the red form to get the purple form to get like you know 838 you know that, that sort of thing and they're all running around and going everywhere and obelix kind of goes nuts at one
0: point and yeah he, he's he like breaks the arms off of the venus de milo oh
1: yeah yeah a little historical humor for uh for uh, the kids there um and he's like we're, we're done for the uh the magic potion won't help us here <laughs> and it's it's true what are you gonna do um so uh but asterix figures out you got to defeat them at their own game and uh that is he asks them for a different permit he asks for 839 and that gets them very – then they start getting confused and, and because nobody knows – thirty nine is – and actually I, I really thought this was well done because um, I, I work in basically a government bureaucracy and uh, this is exactly what happens when someone comes in, asks for something yeah. that nobody knows what it is. Where it's, where he says like I want for an A thirty nine. It's in circular B twelve. And the one woman says the other like Have you heard of so uh, uh, you know A thirty
0: nine? It's circular B twelve. The other one's like
1: Yeah, I, I think I heard about that.
0: And everyone has to fake like it's a real thing because yes. they can't because they can't uh, you know they can't say I never heard of it and then they're going to look like they're you know they're not equipped for their job. So yeah. this felt a lot like Did you ever see? Not the Warner Brothers version. I know that's the first one you think of. Did you ever see the Disney cartoon that was called Pigs is Pigs? Uh, yes. The, the Guinea pigs. Yes, exactly. That was what this felt like. The, you know, just the, uh, the, the battle through bureaucracy to find out whether Guinea pigs are accounted as, as pets or livestock.
1: Yes. Yes. It's very much like that. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's pretty amusing. Uh, basically everyone uh, ends up going crazy cause they can't figure out like, you know, 839. And then like the guy who I, they call him the prefect. I guess he's the guy in charge is all like order. Everyone calm down. And then yeah, like, Hey, I'm trying to get 838. And the guy's just like, Oh yeah, here you go. And you know, get, get on my face. We've we got to deal with this other thing. And then, you know, puts a little funnel on his head when he realizes he's been tricked. Um,
0: I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe the people in this, in the, in the place that drives you mad, maybe it has something to do with the legal battle to get uh, Asterix and Cleopatra canceled. Oh,
1: I mean, he could be, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe like, uh, uh, name, Udozo and Gazzini were like, uh, put some, you know, this is going to be like, um, it's going to be like when Bill Watterson is like talking about throwing garbage under the bed, but he really means appeasing the syndicate.
0: Yeah. Or when uh, Crow was trying to sell Earth versus Soup.
1: Yeah. Um, Now apparently, according to Wikipedia, this whole sequence, the place that drives you mad, has a very strong um, cult status as a parody of absurd modern-day bureaucracy in Germany. Um, To the point that interesting. Yeah, apparently, uh, Pass A38 has become a slang term for a fictional document to ironically describe absurd bureaucracy. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, if anyone knows bureaucracy, it'd be the Germans. Yep. Um, so they, but anyway, they, so they do get through this. They get through this one. And that is, that is what, number eight, I think?
0: Uh, I think that was seven. Oh, is that just seven? Okay. So what is yeah, eight? Yeah, six was the cave. So oh, okay. the okay. So the next one after this. Okay. Oh, now we have a brief scene where we see uh, Caesar planning... Making his final plan to uh, bring all the Gauls to the circus and have them be slaughtered by his gladiators.
1: Oh, Caesar! You fool! You fool! Poor dumb fool! Uh, He really thought he had something there.
0: Yeah. So yeah. He no. That's not going to happen. So so the next one, uh, the eighth one, is crossing the bridge or no, crossing the thread, which. They have an invisible thread that stretches over a chasm that they have to cross. And the chasm is filled with crocodiles. And they're like, really crocodiles? Like, yes, they were a gift from Cleopatra. They're very expensive. Oh, well, I'm, gl- I'm glad that they, they, um, uh, they explained that
1: because, um, <laughs> I was wondering, is like, expensive, what? Douglas. There's like crocodiles. What are crocodiles doing there in Rome? What's going on here? Ah, I hope someone <laughs> fire over that blunder. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> Um, so, um, they, so they try to go across the thread at first, like Alvix is like, oh, let's just go down there and, and cross, you know? And they're like, no, they're crocodiles. And I it was all, and then Alvix is like, oh, they're stringy. I don't want to deal with them. But <laughs> they eventually find out that crossing the thread is too much trouble. So they do decide to just go down and like beat up the crocodiles.
0: Yeah. And I felt like this is a joke that they could have made. And then they didn't that, you know, because what happens is they go down there, they fall amongst the crocodiles, a big fight ensues, and one by one you see the crocodiles leap up and hang onto the thread themselves for dear life. So eventually the thread is completely covered in crocodiles. So I felt like the—but next thing we see is uh, Asterix and Obelis climbing up the other side of the, uh, of the chasm, where they're— uh, l- where Caius, what's-his-name, is waiting for them, and they really should have climbed up the other side and just walked across the crocodiles on the bridge.
1: Yeah, I think maybe they were like, oh, it's um, too, you know, we're pressed for time, maybe? Because, yeah, I really felt like that was where they were going to go (laughs) to. This is, I think, the second time that Asterix uses the potion in this movie.
0: Yeah, he only uses the potion... Yeah, he only uses the potion to win the race and to fight crocodiles. Also, in this movie, but not the other one, when he when he drinks the potion, you get a very brief kind of powering up animation, like Popeye. Yeah, yeah, like a little video game. <laughs> uh, yeah, he like it's like when Mario grabs a mushroom. <laughs> and uh, it's and what's funny is that I've definitely seen that quote unquote animation happen in the comics. You see him kind of hop out off the air and his feet flutter a little as he drinks the potion. And they didn't have that in the first movie. I don't know why. Probably because it was being, you know, way too inspired by just that first comic.
1: Yeah. Like this one. Yeah. They, they, they give you some nice visuals, you know? Yes. Um, But um, man, uh, so they, they defeat the crocodiles and mm-hmm.
0: then what, what's next? Is there another one? Now we're on number nine. This is com- this is climbing the mountain. They have to climb this mountain and talk to the old man of the mountain who will ask them a very difficult riddle.
1: Yeah. So they they do this. They, they climb the mountain and they get to the top and the yeah, old so man a lot
0: of we have a lot of mountain climbing sequences, including the one time you get to see Obelix actually pick up and carry a men here. It's because, uh, Asterix was clinging to a crag and then it breaks and, uh, Obelix catches him, crag and all.
1: (laughs) Well, good. I mean, that's kind of what he does. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Not that it ruins it. Like, no, why isn't he carrying any men here? No stars
1: yeah and then uh yeah because people people came in they wanted they want men here's you know i mean that's, <laughs> that's what the roblox is known for you don't you don't see a man here it's like i hope someone got fired over that plunder um <laughs> but they reside at the top and the old man riddle is he's like you need to touch these two piles of laundry and tell me which one is washed with with uh what is it olympus detergent
0: yes <laughs> and uh, he is absolutely delighted that Asterix gets it right.
1: (laughs) So, uh, Ethan, did you expect this one? What were you expecting the riddle to be? Uh,
0: I have... I was guessing that the riddle would be, you know, what walks on two legs in the evening, blah, blah, blah. But no, no, it was... This is interesting. Is this actually based on a... I wonder if this is based on an actual commercial that was going on in 1976. I mean, it's... It's the sort
1: of thing that I've seen happen in in cartoons, parodying commercials very often, but I've never seen in an actual commercial. So, I yeah, I do wonder if this was. Well, no, that's not true. I've seen like lots of commercials where they have people like, oh, drink these two, you know,
0: drink these two colas. Yeah, it's like Pepsi challenge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm sure I, I, I am 100 percent sure that like there was probably multiple commercials with people touching laundry, but I've never seen one. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fair. This was kind of unexpected. I, I didn't expect it to go this way. I kind of was thinking the same thing as you, that it would be some riddle and like asterisks would just answer it. And the guy would get like, Oh, you know, disappointed. Um, (laughs) uh, but we actually get like a little cameo from the, uh, the Roman gods, like watching this whole thing and agreeing that, you know, Olympus
0: detergent is the best. And I really like this, this particular depiction of the gods, that you have, uh, I guess. Okay, I, I can never remember their Roman names, but I guess it's uh, Jupiter, Juno, uh, Mars, and Venus, and Vulcan, and Bacchus. Did I, mm. did I miss one? And, I think it's and most of them. Uh, there's a woman wearing a helmet. I guess that's um. Would oh that shit! What's Athena? Athena's... Or oh, what's her name in uh, Pallas? No. Oh, Athena? Isn't it Athena? Yeah. Isn't it Does she have the her same name... name in Is it Minerva? Oh, Minerva. Yes. Thank you. I'm terrible. At that. Oh, and Mercury is there too. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I especially like how Vulcan is where it has a anvil over his shoulder which is so heavy it's forcing his feet down through the cloud.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and uh, Jupiter's not happy about. They're they're yeah. they're talking about like um you know uh the detergent but then they suggest that maybe um asterix uh would have to be a god and come up in olympus and that does not make jupiter happy at all
0: no jupiter is a poc for some reason that's interesting
1: yeah that is interesting he's the only one among the the yeah. gods but um
0: you know he's he's the boss so it's so a good representation yeah. um juno or whoever the uh whoever the f- the older fatter woman is is a different color from the rest of them but she doesn't seem to be not white
1: yeah yeah um that that's that jupiter kind of gets mad because he's like, all like oh like i'm getting sick of these galls and he throws lightning which i guess is that his thing i always thought that was more of a thor uh, not a uh, not a thor he's great he's wh- who is a vulcan who does the lightning in greek in, no in uh, uh no it is
0: zeus zeus is the god oh. of thunder but oh, okay. uh, vulcan is the one who but but yeah, God of Thunder, but it's Vulcan or Her- or uh, Hephaestus who makes the lightning bolts for him that he throws. Oh, they're like okay. weapons as opposed to being, I guess, his godly domain. Because, But, you know, we can't really think of the Greek slash Roman gods as being like the Avengers and all having unique powers unto themselves, because they can just pretty much do fuck all whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, they're gods. I mean, oh. yeah. Athena did not... You know, Athena is not the god of uh, taking off your fingers and attaching them to your body to become a spider, but she did it. I mean, you know, uh, good for her. Take that, Arachne. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So, uh, but yeah, so so Jupiter sends sh- throws the lightning bolt, um, but and it looks like they're he's gonna kill Asterix, but instead we just kind of cut to them. Uh, and there's just a lightning storm going on, which yeah. is kind of a neat little, uh, little, you know, cut there. Um, yeah. and they, they're going to go to Rome, but first they have to spend the night on this, uh, this, this plane of, um, this, where I think a battle has happened.
0: Yeah. I think, is this the 10th or the ninth one? Um,
1: I think like, are we really only at nine? I feel
0: like it this feels was, like, we're only at nine.
1: Wait, this can't be right. I feel like they might
0: have skipped one.
1: Did we? Wait, wait. Which one? Wait. So let me count them. We had uh, the the race. We had race was
0: first the race. Then we had then the uh, the
1: javelin throwing. The javelin throwing. Mm -hmm. was three was the wrestler.
0: three was the wrestler. Uh, Four was the uh, island. And maybe the crossing of the lake and crossing the island were two. I don't know. Mm.
1: Well, let's see. Then we had, so if, if it's one, then five was the, the hypnotist.
0: Five was the hypnotist. Six was the restaurant. Seven was was the the cave. Yeah. Yeah. Seven was the cave. Eight was the place where you go crazy. Yeah. Nine was the, okay. So nine was the mountain. So 10, we're at the 10th one now. No, no.
1: Nine was the crocodiles. 10 was the mountain.
0: Oh, no, it was okay. Yeah, crocodile so we're at eleven. Around. This okay. is the eleventh one. This is the eleventh one. All right.
1: Yeah. So they have to spend a night on this, uh, this, uh, this old battlefield, and um, all basically all these like uh, ghosts of like dead Roman legionnaires start popping up, and um, uh, Obelix is really excited because he sees them and he's like, "Oh, good Romans!" and because he loves beating up Romans and. So he's he's trying to beat them up, but they're ghosts, so it doesn't really work.
0: Yeah, and, he gets really disappointed.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because the like I guess the the ghost commander is kind of like telling him ah we you know we died we ghosts died here and we are were, be, we we're bewitched to always frighten everyone to death, and um, uh, and then it's just funny because Asterix shows up and he's like what's going on here? What's all this noise? Um. And uh, Oblix starts trying to explain, and he's like, Oh, we have to stand. Like, these are witches, and uh, they're,
0: they frighten ghosts,
1: and the ghosts are like, No, you
0: are getting it wrong. <laughs> um which <laughs> the tiger was in the brahmin and the cage came walking by <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's just funny because Asterix is like i don't care what you are i'm trying to get a good night's sleep we've been up the mountain we've we've seen the crocodiles we've done the beast and everything now we need you know we've got to go to the circus tomorrow so please keep it down I'm and just
0: not scared of you man boy he's really disappointed yeah. too he's like oh it's it's i you think know, the funniest scared part, of me i'm a ghost I really think the funniest part of this whole thing is just Oblix trying to,
1: like, apologize to the ghost. Yeah. Where <laughs> <laughs> he's like, please, sir, you have to understand. He's had a very hard day.
0: <laughs> also, I like that when he, you know, takes a punch and swipes through the ghost, the the ghost deforms in a way that, you know, for a second it made me think. Uh, oh, crap. What's his name? Uh, oh, it made it just the ghost deformed in a way that made me think, oh, Gann Wilson drawing. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah! I see where he's actually. The ghost looks very gay in Wilson. Now that I think it about does. it, does yeah? He's got like the kind of like something about his. He's got like the um, the knobby elbows and the big teeth and the and yes just some, and the the shadow the sunken kind of um bags under the eyes. He just has a very very gay in Wilson yeah. look to him. Now that you mention it,
0: I wonder if that was intentional. That's very interesting that the these. That these ghosts, well, I mean, if you want somebody who draws spooky, you go to Gay and Wilson, at least in 1976.
1: Maybe he, maybe he's, uh, he's big in France, you know, bigger than we know.
0: Oh, I would hope so. I mean, he deserved it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially when the ghost laughs, you see the teeth bouncing out and you're like, whoa, yeah, that, that has big Wilson energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I basically like, yeah, Asterix just kind of is, is done with his shit. Um. I mean, the, the best parts probably of this movie are just when Asterix just kind of bluffs people, you know, or just doesn't want to deal with something. So um, so th- that's pretty much the 11th
0: task, I think. Yeah, that's the and 11th th- one. So finally they have reached Rome and they actually wake up in the middle of Rome and there's no explanation for why. Yeah,
1: I was a little confused by that. If that was supposed to what was going on, I guess they just didn't want to animate them, waste time animating them like walking to Rome, I guess.
0: Yeah, and they, and they actually, uh, they, they draw attention to it when Obelix says, oh, goodness, the, the Romans certainly build fast.
1: Yeah, but, you know, then that's kind of the end of it. So they, they go in and Caesar is just, I think Caesar just tells them, like, now nah, you're going in the circus and you'll all be killed.
0: And, of course, the, uh, the, the rest of the Gaulish village has already come to, uh, has already come there. And they're like, "Yay, we're going to roll Rome! Yay, it's going to be fun."
1: Yeah, and um, so they're in. They go into the circus, but of course, they take the uh, you know the magic potion first. Yeah,
0: so, everyone takes the potion um, except, of course, Roblox.
1: Right. So they all get to go in, and um, they beat all the gladiators, and then they they beat all the the wild beasts too. And yeah, well, f-
0: but first they're fighting amongst themselves, so they don't even notice they're fighting the gladiators because as Oblix and someone else with a big, someone else with a big ponytail who's about Oblix's size, I, I kind of felt like, wow, what am I doing to this movie? And uh, they were, uh,
1: <laughs> so
0: they that were, guy fighting and yeah, slapping each other around. <laughs> I, I forget his,
1: I forget his name, but he is a recurring character in, in the Asterix comics. He oh, really? is the village fish fishmonger.
0: Mm.
1: And, um, you know, his main thing is, uh, he usually has a running feud with the village blacksmith where and mm. he gets very mad when someone accuses him of having unfresh fish. So usually they'll start fighting <laughs> and he'll, he'll hit people with his fish. Um, but, um, yeah. So he has this fight with Obelix because, um, they, they, I think they, they both want to do the fighting, but yeah, like you said, they just end up beating a lot of, uh, gladiators by accident.
0: Yeah, they um, keep hitting someone else as they try to hit each other.
1: Yeah. We get a lot of the whole village is here, so we also get like um we get like the the hot lady gall. Um I don't think she has a name. I think she's just Mrs. Geriatrics. Yeah. Um, this
0: get, yeah, this movie has a 1000% more Gaulish women than the last one did.
1: Right, which is not hard to do. They were yeah. like zero. Yeah, in the I last guess it's one. more
0: like in infinite percent and then as yeah. there's more than one, there's you know, actually, there's quite a few women. I it's I think the uh, troop that's making its way to Rome is mostly women.
1: Yeah, I know we get uh, we do get to see um, uh, I forget her name. Vital statistics, uh, wife.
0: I don't remember there? her name either. Yeah, but she yeah you see her first, and she's borrowing the shield to go shopping.
1: Yeah, um, I think oh I think her name is apparently impedimenta. Now that I look it mm. up, um, and yeah, we get to see. Uh, you know, um, the, um, uh, lady, uh, We see a few guys, we see some children too, which I've never seen in any asterisk, uh, uh, media. Uh, until I saw that kid, I was like, oh, that's right. You really don't see any kids in that village.
0: No, it's uh, I mean, well, there's not that many women, so it seems like there wouldn't be that many kids, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's gotta be some. Yeah. Oh, Oh, and, and uh, Getifix does a weird little magic trick with a trunk. Oh, yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I felt like this was a reference to something. Yeah, him and this little guy who looks like a miniature Hagar the Horrible.
1: Yeah, they they, and I guess maybe they're just setting up because there's going to be some clown antics coming up.
0: Yeah, and then there's whatever is going on with this chicken with a helmet stuck on it. What that, was going on there?
1: I I was very confused by that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this this chicken is fighting so hard to get out of a Roman or or I don't know whose helmet it was. Maybe it was uh, Dogmatics and is, uh, is stu- gets a helmet stuck on it and fights so hard to get out of it. By the time it gets out, it starts ren- laying eggs that hatch into random things like a a wine goblet. A hand, a Donald Duck, a telephone. Yeah, at first, like they do, like little what, like uh, eggs with
1: little helmets. But then it just yeah. keeps going into weirder things.
0: I'm really <laughs> and, not sure what to make of that. It's absolutely baffling. Yeah, There's there must be a joke here somewhere. But I mean, this is that is the most joke like material ever. <laughs>
1: yeah so that that is um that is not up to some of the standards that we've seen in some of these other uh you know asterisk gags in this but um so they they do that um i guess eventually they they do they do beat everyone
0: Um, yeah i do like even cacophonix gets one up on somebody this time oh i missed that what happens uh, the blacksmith sneaks up on him to uh, hit him, but just as he's about to start playing his lute, he puts on a Roman centurion hat with the big blade on top, and the blacksmith is howling in pain, holding his injured hand. And we hold on Cacophonix for so long that it looks like something else is going to happen to him, but it doesn't. He dodges, and a pie goes past him and misses, and instead it hits Vital Statistics, And this is where it goes, it just turns on a dime from being a Roman circus to the circus. Yeah, he just suddenly has uh, clown makeup on. Yeah, he had clown makeup from the pie. And uh, Caesar says to uh, release the wild animals, and uh, uh, Asterix already has a flaming hoop for them to jump through, and Obelix is already bench-pressing a whole bunch of elephants that are dressed up for the circus and the the hot gollish lady is dancing with a bear and somebody tames all these lions and it just turns into the circus.
1: Yeah. Um, I did like when that one like guy, he's, I guess he's like, I don't know the, the, the the MC or something, the ringmaster who's all crying. He's like, they ruined the circus, making children laugh. It's like, oh, that's (laughs)
0: that's pretty funny. Oh yeah. There's the fishmonger. He's juggling fish. Oh, there you you go. That the first time. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: But yeah, it's, um, yeah. So, but anyway, Caesar finally is like, you know what? Um, you, you've beaten me. And he just, he, he basically
0: says like, yeah, you, you get Rome. I'm giving up. Yeah, he takes off his laurel and tosses it to, uh, tosses it to, uh, vital statistics. And then we get this nice little fade to a, uh, Roman marble statue of all of the Gauls together in the same pose they were at the beginning of the movie.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, and um and then they basically say like they so so apparently the Gaulish village of Asterix I don't think it, is it ever named it's just their village, yeah. So it is and now the I don't center. Know what
0: the yeah, but they end up ruling Rome, and with great magnum, magnanimity, they allowed Caesar to retire to a quaint little villa to live out his le- days in peace. And we see that uh, Caesar has married Cleopatra, so it's like. Oh what a nice kind of uh, alternate alternate history for him where Brutus <laughs> never never pulls a knife on him.
1: Yeah. Uh, if only if only there was a real asterisk, think about how history would be different. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so that's pretty much well I guess then uh, a, a guy Tidless Kai Tidless, I guess, goes yes, to the island of pleasure.
0: Yes, that's his reward for a job well done. And we see him living it up at the Island of Pleasure. And But the Gauls have all returned to their own uh, village. And uh, and they're celebrating the fact that they're going to rule Rome forever. And Obelix is like, is that true? Did we end up c- conquering Rome? And Asterix says, ah, it's a cartoon movie. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> and Obelix is like, really? So he goes to the Island of Pleasure himself and brings his own roast boar.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's
0: that's the way to do it. Yep. Um, but and um, that's the twelve tasks of Asterisk. Asterisk, God, I always print mispronounce it.
1: Yeah, geez, give him the give him the 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 dignity of his full name. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what did you think? Uh, twelve tasks of Asterisk, especially compared to Asterisk the Gaul.
0: It's abs- It's absolutely true that this is this feels much more like the creators getting to do what they wanted as opposed to uh, the, uh, you know, somebody who somehow had the rights to an animated Asterix movie being like uh, quick, do it just like this. Cause people like this, people like the animated version.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This one feels like there's, there's a lot more care put into it. We didn't, especially we didn't have to uh f- fucking like that in- an interminable ox cart song with with chubby hitler in this one which is <laughs> really makes it like way better because oh my god that really went on um but yeah no this this one i think uh is a, is a fun one it um it 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 holds up um mostly you know there's there's um i could complain about like uh um, you know, things like that weird chicken gag. But in general, I think this is, um, you know, a fun adventure to take with uh, with our pals. Also, they're not like... Asterix and Obelix are, are a lot more likable in this one than in our yeah, last I film. Yeah, I think so.
0: Asterix is less of an asshole and Obelix is less of a dumbass.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the way that they... It, it is interesting to see their characterization and, and compare... Like, I don't think... You know, the the way the Asterix and Obelix, these are characters I would never see in an American cartoon just because they're so, they're so like blase about everything almost, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, but I think that's kind of the appeal of them is that they're very unfazed by these things. They're just like after you. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're, they're like the goofy gophers, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They very much are. I mean, I mean, it makes sense that they're like, well, they're super strong. What's going to phase them really? You know, but even when they are kind of like, um. When they are phased, like they they take it in stride, you know. I mean, Obelix is a little more high strung, obviously, but Asterix is like, well, well, here's a plan, you know. He's down to business, so um, you know, it's 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 just not a character type that you see a lot in American mm-hmm. cartoons, you know.
0: Yes, uh, and I mean, considering that America is kind of where animation was born, we have the we have the whole. most of the history of it right here. So when we discover something new, like French animation or Japanese animation, we have to see like, Oh, what have you been doing with our art? Ooh, exciting. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I was, yeah, I wonder, Hmm. um, with, with, uh, when you look at animation, it's, it's always interesting because yeah, like you said, this is kind of where I like everything seems to, in some way or another, um, flow from America Animation, like everything, eventually comes back to copying that in some way and and turning it into um, uh, regionalizing it. I guess you could say. Um, Yes. So it's it's uh, it's always interesting to see what uh, what what comes of it. Um, But it's always yeah, like this is very distinctly French. You know, it's um, that that is. I mean, that's probably that's part of the appeal. I'm sure. Um, also like apparently makes it very controversial in some places apparently some of the Asterix adventures were they got they got mad in germany when he he fought the goths and apparently really? it was well apparently it was um it was rather unflattering to the germans um but i it was also like you know i, I think that particular uh, Asterix comic came out relatively within memory of the war. So, you know, it's not like there mm, are yeah, a lot of yeah. warm
0: feelings. Uh, so the so the know. Goths were presented as Nazi like?
1: Yeah, they were very um, you know, I think they were presented as very very like uh warlike, you know, very very uh uh big martinets, you know. Um but uh that was also like uh you know, I should say a, a less a less. I think in most Asterix adventures, it's Asterix helping people against the Romans, and I don't think that particular comic involved Asterix. Like, you know, I, I don't think they were like on Asterix's side. But um, I haven't read that comic in like you know a hundred years, so mm. <laughs> uh, you know, you um, haven't read
0: it since it happened.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I I think I'd recommend, uh, Asterix's 12 tasks to anyone who wants to, uh, get an actual,
0: it's, it's a better introduction to Asterix than, uh, Asterix the Gaul.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess like, is that anything else we should say or is that pretty much it for Asterix?
0: Uh, I mean, there's the, let's see, Asterix, you know, which countries does he go to and which does he not go to? Oh, you mean in, in the whole series? Yeah. Where hasn't he been? Where would you like to see Asterix go next? Uh, well, let's see. I do. Know, let's see. I
1: know that Asterix has been to uh, he went to Spain. I know he went to uh, Egypt. He was in Switzerland. Uh, he was uh, in, I guess, would be Germany. Uh, he's been to Britain. Uh, mm-hmm. He has been to India. I remember. Mm. and um oh apparently he went to belgium uh i guess mm. i i can't imagine what what hilarious belgium stereotypes he met because here in america oh. we don't really we don't really think of the belgians
0: you know um no we don't have any idea about them besides chocolate and uh that's that's probably it <laughs> yeah i mean but chocolate that's about what we and, think of the swiss
1: either besides yeah. cheese um i mean the, I read the Swiss one and mostly it makes fun of them for being very clean. Apparently they like cleaning stuff, which is not a stereotype <laughs> that I was aware of about the Swiss. Um, I I know that apparently there is one where he, where Asterix does go to America, you know?
0: Um, yeah. Which is not yet America, but yeah. No, no. Um, and I think
1: he also goes, I'm he meets Vikings in one. So I'm sure he goes to like Norway. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I'm trying to think, and he's been to, to obviously, to Rome, so that's Italy, I guess. Um, what, what what other parts, what other places could ask Has he Asterix? been to Russia? I don't think he has. I don't think he's ever been to Russia.
0: Um, that would be, I don't know about now, but maybe in a few years that might be worth looking into. I
1: I, I had not even considered what Russia would be like in, uh, in the time of Asterix, you know? Like, who... Who, who's living in Russia? What is the what are the tribes of Russia back then?
0: oh boy. Yeah. I mean that's the kind of thing that I normally look to Asterix to find out about. Yeah, yeah. Um
1: uh he's never uh he has not been to Sub-Sahara Africa. Um no. which uh probably is good considering you know, that the, the way that uh they draw We're black. They're drawn, people. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um and he hasn't he hasn't been to like Asia beyond india i, I he has no. gone to um which uh is again like i guess that would require um i require some research because i don't know much of what mm-hmm. was going on in, in asia at this point Mm-mm. um let's see you know actually well, he's met what part
0: what part of america did he go to Do you uh know? north <laughs> north okay because <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was just i was just gonna say that you know you know you get america it may not have necessarily the Americas may not have been divided up into countries yet, but they were very much divided into a lot of different people. I'd like to see Asterix meeting, say, the Mayas, the Aztec, mm. the uh, the Indians of the northwest coast, the Tlingit, the.
1: Yeah, like this, um, It was, they were Native Americans. Um, I don't think they were based on any particular tribe. I think it was just the generic ones you get, you know. You know,
0: yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like they We do all that much research about what kind of tribes live in Europe, so I, I guess I can't blame them for not looking up what tribes lived in America.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know. I remember seeing it and being like, they have teepees, but you know, they w- they were not living on the Great Plains. They were in mm. forested areas, and I don't think that. I mean, I I know mm. nothing about this, so I don't know who lived in teepees and who didn't. I shouldn't
0: even talk about no, it. You're, but. You're, and, and it's definitely a plains thing. You know, yeah. It, it would don't you wouldn't need it in a forested area. Yeah. Also, I just realized I was
1: incorrect. Asterix has gone to Asia. Apparently, oh. um the the just um uh this 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 year, in fact. Oh, really? or no, oh, wow. no. Sorry, I'm incorrect. Next year he'll go to Asia. He uh next Next year, they are going to release Asterix and Obelix, the Middle Kingdom, where they travel to China for the first time.
0: Okay. Oh, so this is going to be like, ooh, is this going to be the uh, Asterix version of Romance of the Three Kingdoms? That'll be interesting. Um,
1: the plot is Princess Fu Yi, the only daughter of the Chinese Emperor Han Zandi, escapes from a rogue prince Deng Tsin-Quin and flees to Gaul seeking help from Asterix and Obelix. It was supposed to come out in 2019, but uh, COVID delayed it. So it is yeah. um, still going to be years. in the future. Yeah. Well, um, I guess maybe, I guess they took their, uh, their precautions seriously over there in France, unlike here in America. Oh, and, and I get your, and I know I'm going to be very excited for Asterix and Corsica. Really? Where? Where's I, Corsica again? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I actually didn't know it was a real place. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm kind of like, isn't that the, 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 I don't know. I always think of it like the Corsican brothers, you know, Cheech and Chong. Yeah, me too. What, is that, um, what does that
0: mean? <laughs> Are they, were his... they from Corsica? I never saw that movie.
1: Um, oh, apparently it is a, an island in the Mediterranean, one of the 18 regions of France. So I'm mm, sure that okay. in France, they'll be like, oh yeah, we all know Corsica. We all know all the funny stereotypes of Corsicans. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> um, I don't know.
0: I I'd like to see uh Asterix and Obelix go to uh the Basque countries. Visit uh you know and uh fight weird dra- dragon monsters like the Herensigue and stuff but uh, mm. again, you know monsters don't come up that much in uh in asterisk. So let me just so just have one where they go to Transylvania and there's monsters everywhere. Come on. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, you know what? That I I think uh... That would be interesting. Uh, I don't think Asterix has gone to that region of uh, of Eastern Europe. You know, he's never met any uh, what Tartars or Magyars or whatever. No,
0: no, those are the kind of people that you'd be meeting if you went to Russia. So this could lead into the Russian one.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, again, uh, Asterix, you should uh, they should consult us on these things. Um, <laughs> oh, apparently Napoleon is from Corsica. I guess that's why oh. they call him the Little Corsican.
0: I I didn't know that
1: yeah i i guess that kind of makes sense now that i think about it um however apparently this asterix in corsica they 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 um they satirize the stereotypical laziness
0: of the corsicans oh <laughs> take that corsicans i guess <laughs> oh
1: yeah i would want to be corsica right now oh my face is red oh okay apparently um they they also referenced oh oh here's something that i actually did know about corsica the that infamous cheese with the maggots in it
0: Oh, I hadn't heard about that.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a kind of okay. So, Casu It's a kind of cheese. Uh, it's a Sardinian sheep milk cheese that contains live uh, maggots. And um, you apparently, um, I've heard of it. It's, it's 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 a cheese that is so awful that it's illegal. But people, of course, <laughs> still love it because they love eating these live maggots. Um, I, I guess. Apparently, the acid from the maggots' digestive breaks down the cheese's fats, making the texture of the cheese very soft. So, uh, I, I guess that's
0: good. Maggots. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, um, yeah. I am. Uh, I do not. Yeah. Apparently, it is among several cheeses not legal in the United States.
0: Yeah i mean the stereotypical laziness of corsicans and yet they're willing to pick out the flies from their cheese well apparently know. you
1: just eat the maggots so oh well never mind
0: <laughs>
1: yeah i thought uh, it was like
0: raisin bread but no
1: oh wow uh, anyway uh, that's corsica good good to know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you can't say you didn't learn anything from special presentation this week <laughs>